The information provided herein is for training and educational purposes only and is not for solicitation. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, President of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you as prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. And welcome to this episode of The Capitalized Life and Retirement. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Hope you're having a great day. So it's been a crazy week within America, hasn't it? Well, actually a crazy last couple of two to three weeks in America. And especially when it comes to our economy, especially when it comes to the stock market, it seems as though things are starting to just kind of show all sorts of instability and a little bit of volatility here and there and just coming from everywhere. And so today I want to try to see if I can help you understand how you can create for yourself, not necessarily a recession proof retirement program, because I don't believe that you can cover every single facet and every single liability and possible thing that could go wrong, but at least trying to shore up your own retirement savings plan to make it as recession resistant as is possible. You know, they say that an ounce of prevention is always worth a pound of cure. And I think if we can use some of the things that are taking place in the market today to really help us prepare for the future. In other words, if we can take the things that are happening today around us and we can use those things as incentives to try to be more proactive within our own retirement savings plans and strategies, I think that it means that it's going to give you the edge. It's going to give you a little bit of an extra ability of being able to sleep better at night. So let's get into talking about all the different things that are taking place within the world and our economy in general. So, you know, the one thing that's been on everyone's mind since last August 2018 has been the trade talks. And in August of 2018, I remember giving a presentation to a number of different clients and their friends, and we were talking about the fact that trade talks especially if there is some real stability between the countries that want to try to be able to negotiate the trade deals that are going on, they're not just going to roll over and play dead. In other words, they're going to defend one another's turf. They're going to defend each other's turf because they want to make certain that they're not being you know, basically taken advantage of. And the trade talks have not gone as smoothly. They have not gone as well as most of us would want. And the reason being is you're dealing with two ginormous economies. You're dealing with America, you're dealing with China. And we also knew that China has the ability of being able to do certain things with regards to their own trade. They have the ability of being able to set prices. Also, what's come out in the news is we know that they've also been able to manipulate a little bit of their own currency. And as a result of that, that allows other countries to say, I tell you what, we'll buy China's goods instead of America. And that way, America is kind of set holding the bag. Now, with that being said, that has an impact on the psyche or on the thinking of investors. Because if we have products, goods and services that we are taking and we are producing, 
every single day in the hopes that we're going to sell those goods, not only to Americans, but we're going to sell those goods to other countries abroad. Well, if those other countries are buying from China instead of buying from us, then what does that mean for our GDP? What does that mean for the amount of product that we produce and the amount of profit that we're able to make off from the sales of those products? So many people have not really given any thought to how these trade talks are going to affect them. And the reason that this can affect you in particular is because if you're like the average American and you're investing for retirement, you're saving for retirement, chances are you're going to be investing in the stock market. You're going to be owning stocks of companies that are publicly traded. And these companies are going to be selling durable goods. They're going to be selling services. They're going to be selling things that they want to try to make a profit on. And when the market shrinks, when there's not as much outgoing or outflow of products and services going to China, going to other countries that consume those goods, then what ultimately happens to the profitability of those companies? Well, the obvious answer is that it goes down. One of the other things that we have seen since basically the beginning of the year has been the fact that we're starting to experience what I consider to be the side effects of what the feds did last year in 2018. They raised interest rates and they not only raised interest rates twice or three times, they raised them four different times. And so in July of this year, what did the feds do? The feds decided that the economy, the factors, all of the data that they were looking for really justified now taking and cutting interest rates. Now, that's not necessarily a terrible sign, but it's not exactly a great sign either. Because you see, if the economy is growing, they don't want the economy to grow too fast. And so they're going to go ahead and they're going to push on the brake pedal. And pushing the brake pedal is basically raising interest rates. Raising interest rates slows the economy. If interest rates go up, let me ask you, do you buy as many goods on credit? Do you build a house? Do you get a mortgage? Do you buy a new car? The obvious answer is no, not necessarily. If interest rates are going up, that's going in the wrong direction to incentivize you to build the house, get a mortgage, buy a new home, say, go out and buy a new car. Conversely, when the economy is not going so well, when the economy is not rolling along and growing as rapidly as what the feds would want, now they have to push on the gas pedal. And what is the gas pedal? Well, the gas pedal is cutting interest rates. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense, or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you, and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. In 2018, our president kept pounding the table, basically suggesting to all of Americans, as well as the Federal Reserve, that if they continue to raise interest rates, they were going to cool the economy too quickly. And if they did that, that was going to slow things down. Well, that's obviously happened. But now you throw in the rate cut, trying to speed the economy up from the side effects of them raising interest rates four times. You throw in the slowing economy from the standpoint of trade talks and trade talks not going so well. So all of a sudden now we are exporting fewer and fewer goods. 
And it's starting to bear, it's starting to weigh on the minds of investors. It's starting to weigh on the profitability of corporations in America, companies that you and I invest in all the time. So we want to try to be able to take into account the things that are happening around us and learn lessons. And so one of the things that I want to suggest to you today, maybe you've never considered alternatives that exist in the market today for you when it comes to your retirement and your retirement savings. Alternatives to all of the volatility, the craziness, the political headlines, and just the winds that are coming against the stock market in the form of headline risk. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about income. You see, income has been something that has been so popular with investors of past generations, but seeking and investing for income has really not been on anyone's radar, at least within this generation. Because your generation has been so involved in trying to accumulate for retirement. And that's not a bad thing. You see, you want to try to accumulate as much money as you possibly can for retirement because you know you're going to be dependent upon those dollars when you retire. But you see, if you're getting close to retirement, I'd like you to consider how long it takes between all of the drops and recoveries within the market. Let's just go back to the turn of the century. If we looked at the S&P 500, in 2000, the stock market was at an all-time high. And when the stock market switched from a secular bull market, which was a very, very long 18 years from 1982 to 2000, when the market was doing extremely well, the market finally snapped and it went into a secular bear market. And from 2000 to 2003, the bear market was basically a 50% loss. From 2000 to 2003, the S&P 500 lost 50%. Now, you were probably still working then. You were probably still saving for retirement. You were on the accumulation phase of life. And when the market was going down, it really didn't impact you too significantly. Yes, it was scary. It didn't feel good. It certainly was horrible to look at when you looked at your 401k statements. You saw your balance going down. But the reality was is that if you were holding your own, if you were very stalwart in, in your process and in your strategy of continuing to make deposits into your 401k or your retirement program month after month, pay period after pay period, you were actually doing something that was systematically benefiting you called dollar cost averaging. And what that really means is as the market was going down, as those share prices were getting less and less and less, you were buying more and more shares. But here's the thing. From 2000 to 2003, the stock market loses 50%, half. And it takes four years for us to then recover what we lost in basically three years. In other words, the market never made it all the way back to the previous high until 2007. Now think about that. That was seven years between massive dropping of the stock market to massive recovery just basically breaking even. And so you have to consider this fact that if the stock market today starts to capitulate, if it starts to go down, if we start to experience massive drops like what we expect to potentially see here in the future, well, are you going to ride that correction all the way down? What happens if you have to ride it all the way down and then you have to wait for the recovery? Well, in the very first correction of the turn of the century, it took seven years between the drop and the recovery. Are you going to bypass retirement for seven years? Or are you going to hold off and, 
and just decide to wait to retire for seven years, depending upon your age and your life stage, that may not be a possibility for you. So you see, I want you to be thinking about how the things happening all around us can impact you. And this is not to say that the world is ending and the stock market's going to crash and burn. That's not it at all. It's causing you or asking you to think about the consequences of all the other things that are happening within the market and how it could potentially impact your impending retirement. So questions about today's discussion, you have questions that you want to have answered with regards to something that we discussed. I'm going to encourage you, do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some materials for you that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll toss them in the mail if you prefer. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step. Reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. We're coming up on a break, and I don't want you to go anywhere because I want you to hear the conclusion of this matter. We're going to be talking about several of the other things that are taking place within our economy and what you can potentially do to create a recession-resistant retirement program for yourself. Stick around. We'll be right back. Investing in the stock market these days is like riding a roller coaster. One minute, you're moving up slow and steady just the way you like it. And then all of a sudden, your investment portfolio is in a free fall. Up 800 points, down 800 points. It can be very scary. A lot of people no longer gamble with their retirement in the stock market. If you are tired of the ride and want to look at safer options or would like to learn a better way to grow your money during these times, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. If you're preparing to retire in the next 10 years, this message is for you. You know, one of the biggest sources of income may be how you claim your Social Security. That's right, how you claim your benefits. Do you know your full retirement age? Do you know how much of your benefits may be taxed? Do you understand how to claim on an ex-spouse or that you even could? For your free, no-obligation Social Security information kit, call 866-290-3837. You could spend hours and hours searching around online only to find some generic calculators that may not factor in inflation, tax implications, your marital status, and hundreds of other variables. And if you call or stop into the Social Security office, they, by law, cannot advise you on which claiming strategy is best for you. For your free, no-obligation Social Security information kit, call 866-290-3837 or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. And welcome back to this episode of The Capitalized Life and Retirement. I'm Matthew Johnson, President and Owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, Glad to have you. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about all of the things that's been happening in the market today and the global economy and how we want to try to understand how these things can impact us in many different ways as we're trying to save for retirement. And the goal here 
is that we want to try to create for ourselves as much of a recession-resistant retirement program as we potentially can. So we talked about the trade talks and how the trade talks, if they don't go well, well, that's going to impact companies that are trying to produce products, they're trying to produce services, and they're trying to sell those things. And by China manipulating their monetary system, by them manipulating their currency, what is created is even greater hardship for America because other countries are going to be incentivized to buy the products, the goods, the services from China instead of from us because it's going to be less expensive for them to buy it from China if they have basically manipulated their monetary system so that it becomes easier for those other countries. That affects the companies that we have here in America. And if you're like the average investor, you have your money in the stock market. You're investing in the stocks of those corporations. And there's not too many corporations, at least domestically here in America, that are going to be completely and totally insulated from bad trade talks. They're not going to be insulated from all the volatility that bad trade talks can have. We also talked about the Federal Reserve and the fact that they're cutting interest rates now. Last year, they were just absolutely bent on raising interest rates, and they did it four different times. And everyone, it seemed, but the Federal Reserve understood the consequences of raising interest rates too quickly. And in fact, most investors felt it. They felt the sting of rising interest rates and what happens when investors start to pull away from the market because they see interest rates going up. Last year in 2018, we saw the market drop significantly, 20% from October to December. And that really was a wake-up call for so many investors to remember that it doesn't take but just a little bit of something in order to create volatility within the stock market. And unfortunately, it took us a long time to recover and kind of dig ourselves back out of that hole. Well, they're cutting interest rates. They cut them at the end of July, and now they're thinking that they're going to potentially maybe even have that discussion again in September. So they've raised, 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 and now they're thinking about cutting those interest rates. It's creating volatility and uncertainty within the stock market because investors don't understand. They don't know where it's going to go. That's the reason that there's so much reading into what the Federal Reserve, what the notes have to say after a meeting. Well, then we go ahead and we throw in one other of the side consequences of the Fed's cutting interest rates. And this just happened just recently. So we saw the headlines of what is referred to as an inverted yield curve on treasuries. So let's break this down and let's understand really the mechanics of what's going on. So when we have the government, the government needs money, right? So they can get money from a couple of different sources, many different sources, but there's two primary sources of income that are flowing into the economy, into the government. One is going to be taxation. Remember what Benjamin Franklin said, death and taxes. That's correct, death and taxes. And so they create an inflow of money through taxing us on multiple different levels. But we also have these things called government bonds. Sometimes they're called treasuries. And what's happening is Basically, we are loaning our money to the government. The government is using our money, and then they promise to pay us interest on that money. Well, what happened, interestingly enough, because of the rate cut with the feds, it was just for a moment. It was just for a small period of time. But the 10-year government bond actually had a smaller yield 
it had a smaller yield than what a two-year government bond was actually yielding for interest. Now, why is that important? Well, by the normal investor, that wouldn't be too important to you because you're probably not investing in government bonds. But the reality is, is that seven out of seven recessions going all the way back to 1969 have been forecasted by having an inverted yield curve. In other words, when we saw the 10-year government bond with a yield lower than a two-year government bond, it always indicated a forthcoming recession. And so this word recession is very scary. And it can be very scary, especially if you're getting ready to retire. You see, it's like playing a game of musical chairs. And right now the music is playing, but no one knows when the music is going to stop. And not only that, but they don't know if they're going to have a chair. And so I really want to try to encourage you to now think about the fact that if you're within five years of retirement, you've got a lot to think about and you've got to be able to make the decision. Do you want to continue gambling with your entire retirement savings or is there some things that you could be doing in order to make your retirement plan more recession proof or more recession resistant? That's a better term. I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. So I want to try to encourage you to think about income. You see, all too often income and income producing assets, they get overlooked because most of the financial services today is interested in selling stocks. They're interested in selling stock mutual funds. And if you walk into your broker, you walk into your financial advisor and you tell them that you want to be more conservative because there has been such a disease of ease that has kind of permeated the financial services industry, their go-to answer is to put you into bond funds. Well, I believe that bond funds certainly are definitely going to be less risky than, say, a stock mutual fund. But there's two important components that you need to understand about an individually owned bond. You see, if you own bonds individually, the way I like my clients to own them, you're in a position where you buy the bond and you own that bond. And while you own that bond subject to default, you're going to get paid a steady stream of interest income every single year. Now, maybe that interest is 4%, maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 6%. But because bonds have a stated yield, that means that they're going to be paying you a steady stream of interest income. The second thing is, is that if you hold your bond to maturity, when the bond matures, you get all of your money back. You get par value back. So you bought the bond for $1,000, you got paid interest every single year. And when the bond matures, you get your $1,000 back. Now, let's think about a bond mutual fund. Well, the first thing that we have to understand is that those two contractual guarantees that you have when you own your bond individually, those two guarantees are simply off the table when you own a bond fund. And that's because the fund manager is continually churning and changing the bonds inside that mutual fund. And so what that means is that you're not necessarily going to be getting a fixed steady stream of income. The income is going to vary from year to year, potentially can, 
because the bonds within the fund are going to vary. Number two, you're not going to have this contractual guarantee that if you held the bond to maturity, you're going to get your money back because you see bond mutual funds don't have a maturity date. They go on forever. But there is a third major component, and this is a big one. So make certain you're paying attention. When you own bond mutual funds, yes, they may be slightly more conservative than, say, a stock fund. But how do you get your money from a bond mutual fund? Well, you get your money from a bond mutual fund the same way that you get money from a stock mutual fund. You have to sell shares. And if you're selling shares to get the money in exchange for the shares that you just sold, now what does that do? It puts you right back into the same exact position that you were at when you own the stock mutual funds or the stocks. You see, now you're subjecting yourself to the whims of Wall Street. Whatever's happening with the music, if the music stops and at the end of the day there's more sellers than buyers, now the value of your shares goes down in price. And then when you need money and you need to sell those shares to get income because Social Security isn't enough, well, now you're having to sell more and more and more shares. And what does that do? Well, incrementally over the course of time, it means that you're cannibalizing your own principal. It's putting you into a position where you're having to take and cannibalize and sell principal. Do you see where we take so much risk on the accumulation phase of our life? As we get closer and closer to retirement, as we get closer to the distribution phase of our life, we want to make certain that we're not putting ourselves in a position where if the market goes down, we are now having to delay our retirement. We're having to put our go-go years on hold. We don't want to have to set aside all of our good years and continue to have to sacrifice not doing the things we'd like to do in retirement because the silly stock market has decided to take a dump and go down or because the feds have decided to cut interest rates or because of presidential elections. We want to be able to own and focus at least a portion, a good portion of our money on income. Now, what produces income? Well, there's an entire universe of investments that investors can make that are going to be safer, steadier in the production of income, and they're going to be things that produce income naturally. So that could be things like individually held corporate bonds like we've talked about. It could be individually held preferred stocks. It could be business development companies. It could even be traded real estate investment trusts. There's an entire universe of things that exist out there that can create a steady stream of income for you. But here's the thing. You need to be able to examine where your money is. And if you're looking at your retirement portfolio today and you're like most investors and you've got that 401k, you know about the safest thing that you've got within that 401k is your stable value fund. But unfortunately, the stable value funds aren't producing a lot of interest. You might be able to make maybe one, one and a half percent, but that's about it. And so if you're over the age of 59 and a half, consider the fact that you are likely to have a special provision within your 401k that allows you to be able to take your winnings off the table. And what do I mean by that? I mean that even the IRS, the federal government knows that if you're 59 and a half, there's volatility and there's risk within a 401k. And so they give you the ability of being able to reach into your 401k, pull those dollars out and put them into an individual retirement account, an IRA. And there's so many benefits, more than I could ever get into in today's episode. But one of the major benefits is 
You see, when you're in a 401k, you're pretty well locked into the market. You've either got that stable value fund, which is as boring as watching paint dry, or your hair's on fire because you're involved in stock mutual funds that are going to be volatile and risky. So if you're able to take your winnings off the table, put your money into an IRA, now you're outside of the fishbowl. You've broken free, and now you can invest your money any way you so wish. Maybe you want to still maintain some money in the stock market, but you want to be able to take, say, the other 70 or 80% of your money, and you want to focus on creating income consistently and reliably each and every month, growing your money kind of the old-fashioned way. Well, that's what fixed income investing does, and that, friends, is how you can create a recession-resistant type retirement plan for yourself. So if the things that we've discussed today have really struck a chord with you, if you're thinking about your impending retirement and you say, you know what, I want to be able to take some of my winnings off the table. I want to be able to try to give myself the best shot possible to retire with success. I encourage you, reach out to me. Give me a call. My telephone number is 866-290-3837. I'll take a few minutes out of my day to help you understand what so many of my clients are doing to try to help make certain that their retirement plan is recession resistant. I'm Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. 